Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie and we are first inspection services spelled with the number one ST at the beginning. We have been in business now for 18 years and we are covering the Cincinnati, Dayton and Northern Kentucky areas. Thank you for joining today. Today's episode is all about a really very educational and really enjoyable first-time home buyer home inspection experience, period. I know it's probably impossible for the buyer to figure out that I'm talking about uh, her home purchase, but this uh, youngish buyer was just really pleasant to be with made it a very good experience, asked fantastic questions, was what I would call malleable, pliable, meaning a person who didn't act like they knew everything and was listening and learning and I know will be a successful home owner because of that. And this individual really took everything in. Um, It was a give and take on information And the uh, experience just turned out to be wonderful. So thank you for that, uh, home buyer, for this episode. This house was a very well-built 1930 house. And think about 1930. That's right after the stock market crash. So if somebody was still building a house, saw it to fruition, and then bought it, even after the the stock market crash, they had to have had means. So this house was well built, high quality materials, finished look and everything like that in 1930. What are some of the things that came with a 1930 house that might be left over uh, and, and, and might need some addressing? Well, typically speaking, the uh, outlets, electrical panel, There was a fused sub-panel in the detached garage, the detached garage itself, for that matter, and the outlets and the wiring for the house. Okay, so I'll talk about that in a little bit. Overall, um, when one looks at this house, uh, the things that come to mind are, to me, are what type of foundation does this house have? Is it going to have a poured foundation or a masonry block foundation? really don't have a whole lot of other choices from that and it definitely has a basement and the basement did not stink the basement was not wet there really was no seepage going on in the basement and therefore the grading must be pretty good meaning outside the way the soil goes towards the house or away from the house must be decent well looks can be deceiving and even though some of those characteristics didn't happen There were a couple things that needed addressing, and then we're going to talk about the word nuances, and splitting hairs, and um, level of risk. What is your level of risk as a homeowner that you can live with? Um, And I'll talk about that as well. Your risk tolerance. There we go. All right. So outside, uh, had a concrete driveway, drive up. And basically, this house was a one and a half bathroom house. Okay, the uh, second bathroom was in the basement, and it had um, 
a semblance of a how shall I say I don't sometimes basement bathrooms showers you don't really call showers um, and you can't really call it a full bath but it kind of is and this shower was not in the same room with the toilet or with and, and there was no sink for it there was the laundry sink so is it a full bathroom technically not uh, but is it a half bathroom? Technically not. Maybe it's a three-quarter bathroom. I'm not sure what you want to call it. I'm not the real estate agent. However, I'll just leave it at that. It's a basement bathroom that's not quite a full bathroom. There. Now, back to... Um, and I'm sorry, my mind does operate like a pinball machine. I try to get a lot of information out quickly and get it to you. But sometimes I can be a little confusing. So... I'll try to uh, back the train up a little bit, as I say often. So looking at the front of the house, I notice as for a 1930 house, you're going to have some larger trees. So there were two trees on the left of the house. One of them off the back of the house, away from it, about 15, 20 feet. The other one off of it, about another 15 feet to the left. Um, and it probably was on the neighbor's property. So you really can't do a whole lot about that. You can trim branches that are above your land vertically because you do own technically the air above your property line, as they say in the real estate industry. Okay. And what I noticed on the left was a whole lot of pea gravel. Pea gravel and on the back of the house there was a small drain. So maybe, maybe there was a French drain system put in which um, the, the buyer would certainly need to look at to see if that was installed. But the pea gravel really needs to be pulled back on the left side and replaced with topsoil. Why? Because if you establish that there's no French drain there and you have pea gravel there, then really your grading is not positive meaning sloping away from the house to take water away from the house you could actually attract water towards the house because why because water will seep in in between the pea gravel and you don't really have a true positive grade you also have those two trees on the left side now why am i telling you all this because in the basement was one of the nuances this house well-built masonry block did have a very slight horizontal crack that spanned most of the length of the left basement wall. Now, this crack created all kinds of quandaries and nuances in my mind. And how it was presented to the client um, how it was explained and what recommendations or suggestions we gave the client come into play. A very slight horizontal crack, which does not appear to have any offset, even with a four-foot level, and with some wood uh, bead beadboard decorative basement siding that was attached directly to the wall, None of that wood was offset. There was no gaps whatsoever. Looking at the plumbing stack or pipe, drain pipe, that was vertical. 
There was no difference in the distance with that pipe to the wall at the top or the base and along the whole vertical length of that pipe that distance did not change which means there's no offset. Now I'm not a licensed structural engineer and I'm not going to try to pretend to be one. But when you have a horizontal crack on the left side where those two trees are, where we saw the pea gravel, okay, a horizontal crack that is visible is in fact a wall failure. Does that mean it's going to change? I don't know. Does it mean that it is brand new? I don't know. Does it mean that it's an old crack? I don't know. What I do know is that all people, all buyers, if you took 10 people, put them in a room, each one would have, if, if you asked them independently without hearing the other person's answer, I'll say that, each of those 10 people will have a different risk tolerance for their life, for their home purchasing process, for their financial position. And this buyer, okay, I put in the report what all home inspectors should do, and you realtors out there, you know we have to protect the buyer. We absolutely do not try to put licensed structural engineer further valuation in every report because we hate it. I hate putting it in there. I hate telling the buyer. I hate explaining it to the real estate agent because they're going to get pissed. It's a, it's a high-risk situation. It's one that it goes one of two ways. Either the home purchase continues and they get further valuation before closing by who? A licensed structural engineer with further valuation and any repairs as needed. That language is very important. It has to be a licensed structural engineer because if the buyer and this really nice uh, buyer who, as I mentioned, was very, very teachable, okay? Really good experience. Um, she understood that she did not have a leg to stand on if she does not get a licensed structural engineer's report that says something like um, crack appears to be innocuous at this time suggests pulling back topsoil on the left side just like I said and the, and the pea gravel and adding more topsoil not, not pulling back the topsoil, rather, but pulling back the pea gravel, establish where the topsoil level is and add more topsoil, positive grading, so that the water will flow away from the house, away from the foundation wall. There does not appear to be any offset on the wall at this time. Um, possibly, I'm not sure if it is possible to either tuck point, possibly to epoxy inject, because you've only got about an inch and a half of concrete before the two vertical hole spaces are for those masonry blocks. So epoxy injection may not even be possible for masonry block. I'm not sure about that 100%. But um, she chose to get a very reputable local basement waterproofing contractor to further evaluate that crack. You know what they said? They said that no further action is needed on this and it appears to be okay and that the inspector's opinion, which was me, of pulling back the pea gravel and adding topsoil and positively grading it was the remedy in this case and continue to monitor. Wow, 
What does that mean? That means that they passed up a chance to make probably a 45-foot length of the house, which would entail every five to six feet, eight or nine vertical posts, which are about 1500 bucks each to install, and they would have been able to put a French drain on the outside of the house, you're probably saying that they passed up a $15,000 job. If they had added a sump pump, you could probably throw another five grand on that. So possibly 20 grand they passed up to have an honest opinion, that, in their opinion, which is not a licensed structural engineer. They had a, a vested interest in their opinion and they chose to turn the money down. That's pretty honest. So that scored some points with this company. I'm not going to mention them, but that, that scored some points with me. Or at least the salesperson in that company. Maybe there's other salespeople that, that aren't as uh, less um, or, or aren't as uh, willing to make such conclusions that don't involve a financial gain. But I will say that really impressed me. But it makes me scratch my head because the buyer is willing to live with the risk of not having the piece of paper from the licensed structural engineer, but is going with the opinion of the basement waterproofing contractor in which no report is left behind of said conclusion. That to me is a little risky. But again, everybody has a different risk tolerance. It's not my place. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make them drink. And a home inspector can lead the client to such conclusions, but we can't force those conclusions to be implemented or recommendations by the buyer. So, that crack was a really uh, a head-scratcher. It definitely doesn't appear to have any offset, doesn't appear to have shifted, but when you do have a horizontal crack, it does mean that that's a wall failure. Wall failures, to me, need to be fixed um, so, <clears throat> or, or prevented further if it's the opinion of the licensed structural engineer that if you implement these things, no further repairs are needed and it shouldn't change, then I want that in writing. I want that stamp from that licensed structural engineer, but that's just me. So let's go on and talk about the rest of the inspection. On the right side was a little bit of a dip for needing to add some topsoil and regrade also. Uh, the back of the house is fine, front of the house is fine. Those trees need to be kept an eye on and they do need possibly to be trimmed. The one that is on the property, the left rear corner, I would over time probably have that taken out just as a precautionary measure. And then you're just gonna have to, to make nice with your neighbor on the left and and tell them that hey i'm going to trim some of these branches and you know if if if, uh, if this wall changes i'm really going to need your help possibly to have that tree taken out and maybe i'll split the fee with you i don't know you, you have to think outside the box when it comes to uh, objects like trees that that impact both properties uh, obviously in, impacting hers more than the more than the people who actually own the tree um, so that being said, what are some other things that, what are some other things in a 1930 house that uh, affect you? Well, let's go back to the electric. That to me was the number one item. Plumbing was fine. Plum, the, everything flowed fine. They had most of the galvanized steel 
excuse me, all the galvanized steel and most, if not all, the, the um, cast iron piping replaced. So that's why everything flowed real well. There was no lead pipe for the water main coming in. But we had that fused panel in the garage, fuses and knob and tube wiring. And there was knob and tube wiring in the basement of the, of the uh, house. And there was also in the attic spaces knob and tube wiring. And that's why most of the outlets in the house appeared to be ungrounded. Even the GFCI outlets in the bathrooms. Now, those trip off the neutral wire, which I have said in other episodes. So a GFCI outlet that is ungrounded <clears throat> will trip off of the neutral wire can be tested by pushing in the receptacle test button itself, not our testers button. When they are grounded, truly grounded, we can use our testers button and that will pop and, and shut off the outlet properly. If neither of those work, then the GFCI receptacle needs to be rewired and an electrician needs to fix that. Okay, So be aware of that. Now when you have all the outlets in the house are three prong and they're all testing like they're ungrounded, and I can't find a GFCI receptacle that those are on, then you have an issue in that they are a false representation of reality, which is to say three-prong outlets are supposed to be grounded. These are not. So I put in the report and told the client at the inspection that she needed to have a licensed electrician further evaluate and make any repairs of the said outlets throughout the house, which might mean removing some or all of the knob and tube wiring as well and looking at the junctions where that has been junctioned with the modern Romex wiring. Okay, that's very important. So you realtors out there, can you live with knob and tube wiring? Well, in some cases, people live with it all the time, but if it can be replaced and it can be replaced and the outlets be made safe, then that's the proper fix for this situation. Um, knob and tube wiring is air-cooled, so you can't pile on insulation on it in attic spaces. So you might be left with a really poorly insulated attic because of that. That wasn't the case in this, in this particular house, the way that the attic was set up in a Cape Cod style on the sides. So that was a, that was a positive. But the outlets do need to be fixed as well as the fused sub-panel in the garage needs to be replaced. There really is no situation in a house with modern appliances to use a fused panel. They really should be replaced in all cases. Okay, that's uh, very important. So overall, this house, I really think it did well. Um, that, that horizontal crack was a real head-scratcher. Uh, the electric was, was an issue that needed to be repaired by a licensed electrician. So what do you do when you get the report? You talk to your client, your, your real estate agent, about what things that you want to have repaired, and she or he will weigh that against the market conditions and what you are able to get fixed and not fixed. Because Sometimes in an extreme seller's market, there's very little, if anything, that you're allowed to get fixed because the sellers accepted your, quote, bid, which really sounds weird to me when you're bidding on a house, your bid, and they said it's contingent on you not getting any repairs made. We're not doing any. 
You're buying it basically as is. Your inspection is informational purposes only. Well, I really do not advocate ever waiving an inspection. If it, even if it's for informational purposes only, if there's something that is found during the inspection that's so big and bad that causes you to go to the poorhouse if you tried to plunk down the 40 grand to fix it, then maybe you don't need to buy that house and the inspection fee saved you from buying a money pit. That's not the case in this house, <clears throat> but that horizontal crack was something that somebody had to do a gut check and say, what is my risk tolerance? What am I willing to live with? Well, she chose to live with the crack, to take her chances, to do what the waterproofing contractor and me, the inspector, said to do. And I don't know what you do with the visible crack. Maybe you tuck point it. Um, putting dry lock on it to me is, is, is a dishonest thing to do because there's really no water coming in. It's a crack and you can't really fix that. So thank you for listening. This has been the home ownership, the successful home ownership show with your host Richard McKenzie. And until our next episode, thank you for listening.